Yo, what's good, Che? I'm good. I'm good today. Um, today has been like a pretty productive, like I feel like I kind of just got off of like a bunch of days consecutive on the road. I just got back from like Michigan or something like that. So it, it felt nice to be like uh, back at home. Like yesterday I really took it easy. I didn't do shows or anything. I like landed and then uh i like kind of had like a a self like got a bunch of work done in the morning so that my evening could kind of be like for me just like ignore my phone watch some play some video games order some food and just kind of like get set again and then today was like up at 7 a.m on the stuff get the get the writing done get the content done get the workouts in and i feel like back in a in a good groove i've all but all i've eaten today is like a banana and a piece of chocolate so the food mm-hmm. i gotta fix that we gotta i gotta eat something mm-hmm. How are yeah you? no i totally get that where you're just like in go 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 mode and you're just like oh like i want to be productive and do all this stuff but why do i feel like shit oh yeah because i haven't eaten because i was stuck eaten. in the cycle of being productive and doing stuff and it's so funny how like like that's american work culture right where you're just sort of like prioritize work over everything like including your health including feeding yourself right um and so that's a great introduction into today's topic which is american work culture so thank you for introing us. Today's topic is what I just said earlier. And our guest today is um, my really good friend, Eric Way. We have the same anime villain origin story as in we were both um, born Asian. <laughs> you know, with, <laughs> you know, like it's a scary thing. <laughs> uh, um, uh, with immigrant parents, with the whole narrative of like, Oh, we immigrated. You have to go to a good school and get a good job and da 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 da. And so, you know, like I went to Berkeley, he went to Harvard, I worked at Google, he worked at McKinsey and Facebook. And then we both, in our late 20s, broke free. We were like, fuck this. Uh. And then I was like, I'm going to get TikTok famous. And he was like, I'm going to start a credit card company for influencer creators and it's gonna be called carrot and i'm gonna have like a big house and a bunch of parties and curly hair and i'm gonna have fun now so let's please welcome eric way mel che appreciate you inviting me on today to talk about american work culture yo thank you so much for being down to come on and talk about work when you're not working like that is like that's hard to do you're like oh let's talk about work when i'm not working that's like kind of hell right well, you know, I'm American and I've been through a lot via work and I'm all about the culture. So this hits all three. I'm so curious, Mel, I can see you've got your little closet knickerknacker background. Shay, what's with the like the shining hallway vibe you've got? This going hallway? This is this yeah. is my hallway. This is my hallway to my apartment. So I do like a standing desk scenario. Uh, and then we just got I'll this kind of like it just drifts into the background. I don't have a lot of space here in New York City. So you, we really make do with what we got. And this is actually, I could uh, potentially move everything that way. And then I would have this like nice uh, brick background, but I'm, it just, the setup just do, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I would have to like move everything around. This is, it just has to be the hallway. I just imagine like, oh, just, I was just going to say just, I was just imagine like whenever you move your head that there's just going to be a ghost (laughs) in the back just being like, I'm the spirit that's actually been controlling him the whole time. 
Also, this is how the light comes in. Those windows are, are there. So, and then I got my lighting thing. So it all like, this is how you get the light. So it just has to be, it's got you, unless you want kitchen, I can move it potentially kitchen. this way and then you get the kitchen. But your options are hallway or kitchen. So. Derek, where are you right now? Vibe. It's all about natural light. I'm in West Hollywood. This is the computer room. Believe it or not, it was not my deliberate intention to have a bare tree branch and a monitor as my accompanying background items. But, you know, where the light comes in is where you got to be. That's where it is. That's where it is. We go to the light. That's that's the the uh, influencer and creator motto. Yeah, I was thinking of, like, if there could be, like, some sort of inner pussy flashlight that I could use so that when I spread my legs, like, light actually comes out. And I can be like, yo, just come to the light, people. Just come to the light. Like, that is what I would do in that hypothetical scenario I created for this moment. We could get a GoFundMe started to make that a reality. Yeah, and um, speaking of that, um, let's talk about American work culture. Like, let's get into, yeah. like, yeah, would we have to get them, like, from China? Would it be, like, all these people are, like you know, slaving away, making these like in vagina light shiners because that's like the new thing. And like some guy is just like, fuck, dude, like I, I hate making these inside vagina light shiners, but I have to feed my family in America. So that's a great transition into today's topic. So thank you so much, Eric, for coming on and talking about American work culture. Um, totally. Actually, do, can we actually keep talking about the light inside of my vagina? No, I'm just kidding. Unless you want to, <laughs> JK, unless. Oh, no, I think this is a great short anecdote of the capitalistic work culture we're in. It's like, Mel, here's a creative idea. How do we make money out of it? Well, that is a great transition into our intro. So welcome to Thank You Come Again with Mel Ong and Che Arena, the podcast where we joke so hard you'll be covered in laughter by the time we finished. Wait, did I say we finished? By the time we finished. Well, we're all going to finish together because we're all going to have a threesome after this, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind Tacos. of what we agreed upon. Yeah, okay. So what? happened to you this past week well i got to see you mel what like three yeah. days ago yeah you the... were just, you were like literally like you recognize this background because you were like literally just here oh yeah for those watching it's not a green screen mel does in fact live in like a four by four parasite vibes square with her clothes <laughs> hanging in the background <laughs> so that's what you took away from it I, I was like i was like no i'm like an eclectic artist who just needs to be enclosed because i grew up in like big space and they made me scared so now i'm in the cave but like okay cool so you're like she lives in a closet got it no but it's intentional you said you want as cluttered and small of a space as possible which yeah. you've accomplished <laughs> you've achieved that yeah <laughs> thank you for framing it in terms of my, my achievement that's like so asian that's literally like so like asian american work ethic it's like yes your achievement 100%. um yeah no, <laughs> no I, I i describe us as having the same origin story like the same like anime villain origin story where it's like my parents were immigrants and they were like you're the chosen one to save us all and then we um and then so you know instead of like pursuing our dreams we were like yeah i must go to good college and get a good job and like uplifted da 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 um and uh you in like technically in asian terms you were better than me you succeeded because like you know i went to berkeley went to harvard i didn't get into harvard it's like a whole thing chair are you aware of this like asians competing against each other for ivy league school admission thing 
I mean, I I kind of get the like ranking of uh, Ivy League schools. Like it was like Harvard and Yale are like those are the big dogs, right? Those are like the heavy hitters. But I, besides that, I I don't know the uh, the yeah no the interpersonal intricacies of of this uh, Asian on Asian uh, educational hate. I don't know anything about it. Asian on Asian, those like that could so easily be like. I mean, that is porn that's what people yeah oh like, it's a little category and porn mm-hmm. yeah i know i mean I, re- I remember like looking at that at like google or yahoo or one of the tech companies i worked at i was like oh yeah like people are really into asian on asian like this is what people are typing into the computer it's like a fetish thing except dating studies have shown it's asian women that's who everyone likes mm. am i becoming popular I mean, I think, I mean, Eric, aren't you out there getting laid? Like, I feel like anyone. Oh, anyone who's no. Trying to catch you know, speaking, uh, speaking of Asian American culture, in the entirety of high school, my life's purpose was to get into Harvard. I did not have friends. I never drank alcohol. I didn't party. I didn't even kiss a girl until my last year of college. So to confidently answer your question, Shay, no, I was immersed in that cycle of Asian, Asian educational violence. You know, you got to get that Damn. first. It's also no so push, funny no that push. like like we care so much. We're just like, oh yeah, like we know like hyper specifically like all the rankings and all the like. So the, the the versus like you know when people grow up like normally like Che, when you just grow up like a normal person who's like having a good time, you're like, huh, what's that? And I'm just saying, I'm like, yeah, well, that's why we need people like Che to like to like balance us out and be like, yo, like look, there's this like normal thing you could be doing called like being a human and being like happy um and but you know we were trapped in the cycle of oh wait i need to finish your intro so welcome our guest eric (laughs) way so much (laughs) yeah so eric way is our special guest today um so we are besties but more importantly we have the same villain origin story anime villain origin story where we both um grew up with immigrant parents who were like yo you're the chosen one. You must be the best and make our immigration worth it, like all of that stuff. And, um, you know, both grew up poor with like a lot of racism. We were both the only Asian kids in all white environments, which sucks because everyone is just like, oh, you're smart, but you're not attractive. And I'm, and we're just like, um, but I want to be. We're all just trying to be dumb and hot out here. That's it. We all just want to be dumb and hot. That's the goal, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of love this whole like Asian bad bitch thing, like Asian like rave bay. Like I see that as an accomplishment of Asian American culture that we now get to be stupid and attractive. Like we, we had a <laughs> right. No, it's no, that it really is. No, like it really it really is. Right. Because it's like so we're typically framed at like this model minority. I was like, oh, shit, like we can be just like a dumb hot person, too. Um, but to finish your intro, because I keep getting distracted we were told this narrative of like you need to go to a good college and get a good job like that's like your mission in life like you don't even think about happiness or like you're like you're just like stuck in this mindset um and then we both kind of accomplished the top of our respective journeys right like you were doing the business thing i was doing the tech thing where i was like i'm gonna go berkeley and do google and you were like i'm gonna harvard and work for mckinsey and meta and then we both quit and we're like fuck that shit we're gonna do our own thing and now we're here and now you are the ceo of carrot which is really fucking cool um thank you 
I, I have, a, have an Asian oh American okay. co-founder and co-CEO, and we've learned to be better than our parents in that competitive Asian Asian hate. So we, we are a team. We support each other. But yes, thank you. I was, in fact, an Asian parent's wet dream before I saw the light and <laughs> crazy your stuff and become friends with you. Asian parents wet dream. That is so real. Like, um, I'm glad that we found each other because basically I think how we met was... I think Paul Butcher maybe introduced us or something, but yes. I remember um, just people were like, oh, you have to meet Eric. Like, you have to meet Eric. He's like this really cool, it's like the credit card company for like creators. And I'm like, huh, what? And then I just saw that your name was Eric Wei, and I was like, oh, he's Chinese. What the fuck? Let, let me get on the phone with him. Because as soon as I saw you Asian, I was like, oh, now I have a totally different feeling. And so um, I think we met, and I think I FaceTimed you, and I invited you to go turtle racing or something. Yeah, that's exactly right. So... For context, after going and doing the whole be a good Asian thing and working in corporate jobs for like a decade, I quit my job at Instagram and then went to another job and I got fired from that. And I did lots of intensive therapy for like two, three months. Then I started this company, Carrot, where we work with creators. And Paul Butcher, who is the younger brother in Zoe 101, connected me with Mel, who then proceeded after months of not replying to my texts, just randomly FaceTimed me. We had an intense like Asian soul bond, like you too have gone through trauma, which concluded with Mel inviting me to go watch what I thought was turtles fighting, but I misheard it was turtles racing each other. And it was a lot of fun, except we didn't actually see any turtles. There were too many people there. What kind of uh, turtles? Like what are uh, turtle races? Like are they, are they on land? Are they in the water? How, I don't understand how a turtle race works. Yeah, it's kind of sick and I think feeds into our broader point on American work culture. We have to turn everything into a competition. These turtles, they just want to vibe. They just want to fuck. They just want to eat and be turtles. And we're like, no, we'll put you in a fucking little circle on the ground. We'll put you in the middle. They're just box turtles. And we say the first one to run out and escapes, you win. Because, of course, oh, somebody's yeah. got to win. Someone's got to win. Yeah, they gave these yeah. turtles a job. They're like, get to yes. work, turtles. You think you can just lounge around all day? No, 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 no. We need a huge chunk of that tax of the money you're going to bring in. We're going to tax it. That's what we want to do. Exactly. You got to be a racer. You got to be a ninja. Like You can't just be a turtle. Not allowed. Not allowed. Hmm. But like, I kind of feel like we're all just turtles, you know? Like, I think that like the thing about American work culture, which is the topic of today, is that it really instills this like subconscious narrative in your mind of like my self-worth is my achievement right like oh like all of my self-worth is like in this all this external stuff like your like what are you accomplishing like what are you doing like how many things have you done right like so many of the normal conversations that I hear are just about like what are you doing what are you working on like but it's never how are you right there's like a meme about that does that resonate yeah, I love kind of the turtle analogy because one could say metaphorically the shells, right? That's the armor we construct, all the external validation achievements of people telling us that you should feel good about your job. And in order to become true human beings, one must leave the turtle shell and then we're just naked. <laughs> That's why we're coming like together that. right now. We're vulnerable, yeah, we're no, exposed, no. right out of our shells. That's a, a warm, I like that warm imagery of like breaking free from the shell. Um, I didn't have the, the, the same upbringing. I, but like my parents wanted me to do stuff, but I just kind of like left. I like moved to Mexico and just like, 
uh, ran away from uh, any potential education. Um, but that's cool, man. Uh, tell us more about Carrot. I want to know more about how this uh, your uh, social media company works. So I think what you two do is like the coolest fucking thing ever. Like, Che, now I've learned a little bit more about you literally running away from parents and education to go to Mexico and become a comedian. And Mel, your trials and tribulations through all of technology, Berkeley and Google. Both of you get to be funny and share it with people and make a living out of it. And it's awesome. But if you try and explain to a bank what the fuck you do for a living, they don't get it. They don't yeah, know. True. True. They're looking for turtles. You're not turtles mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> you're, whatever a, you're whatever a turtle is when like the shell is gone. It's just like naked and vulnerable. But like... Yeah, also, like the naked weird yeah. skin. I actually really like that image because like that kind of represents how I am in my house. Like, cause very frequently I'll find myself just like alone, naked on all fours on my house being like, is it? But anyway, to, just, yeah, to, you're, sorry, you're sorry, I interrupted turtle, you. I was right? just like, yeah, that resonated. And so I was just like, well, I want to be a part of this world. And all I know is finance and technology. So how can I use what I learned during my years of being a good corporation to help people like yourselves doing more creative shit? And maybe, maybe I got to be more creative myself. So our company's mission, we're basically all that shit that you have to interact with bankers to get help on, like mortgages and setting up accounts and incorporating credit cards. We want to do that because I think we actually know what you do for a living. And if we succeed, hey, that helps finance the creator world like maybe next time a comedian wants to do a special they don't have to wait until netflix gives them to say so they can fund it themselves because there's going to be a bank out there that's going to give them money to do it because that bank understands oh hey we've underwritten so many comedians in the past and we've seen how they've done and we know what are good bets and what aren't and this is all only possible because all this shit now is digital it's online right which means there's data there's likes and views and yeah, it's like so bad to get caught up in that stuff, but it's data that you can use to build a financial underwriting model. And my role in that is, hey, I helped start this company, get to be someone who makes content myself too. I did a pod with Mel like six months ago where it got really real and she told me all about, uh, Mel, I think the biggest takeaway was in kindergarten, you accidentally watched a hentai video that your dad gave you. Oh, that, was, oh, like, that, was, the, that was the biggest <laughs> takeaway? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's probably pretty, the yeah, biggest takeaway. Solid, yeah, it's a solid What's takeaway. This I mean, it was video? a defi- uh, it, it was a defining moment in in my life for sure. Well, um, it was like I, <laughs> um, I was like, yo, I want to watch Sailor Moon, and my local library, for whatever reason, where I grew up, did not have Sailor Moon. They just had hentai on VHS, and so. That's what I got, not knowing any better. And I like, so I'm like five years old, right? And I like put the VHS tape into like the thing and I'm watching it and I'm just like, whoa, I wonder when Sailor Moon's gonna appear because none of this is really looking like that. And then I was, and it, and it was also like, you know, five. So I didn't really know the difference between like, you know, cartoons and anime. In my brain, I was like, oh yeah, there's just like real people TV and then there's like animated TV. And then... Um, so I'm like watching it and I'm just like, why are they taking their clothes off? Like, don't they know they're going to be naked if they do that? You know? And I, and I was like sitting there and I was like, that's so crazy. They're, they're taking their clothes off. They're going to be, they're going to be naked if they do that. They should, why are they doing that? Oh God, what are they doing now? And then, um, and I was just sort of like, it just kind of unlocked me, I think. And then, and then I was like, wait, 
I should talk about this to everyone. And that didn't that didn't really go well for me in kindergarten. You told the class, you went in and you were like, hey, guess guess what, guys? I got, that's like that episode of South Park where they get uh, a copy of Lord of the Rings, but it actually has porn in it and everyone wants it. It's like, they're like addicted to it. They're like, ah, give me the porn. I need it. I need it. So it's like the one ring and they got to go return it to the, uh, to the. Uh, <laughs> that is really thing. funny. That's like what you experience, but like in real life. Yeah, yeah no, that's how I like developed like just some crazy, like weird horny thing in my brain it got incepted in me at a very young age and so like in kindergarten i know we're talking about american work culture but when i was in kindergarten drawing pictures of naked people um which i was doing my teachers were like you shouldn't do that and we should put you in special ed they, they were just like oh because like i actually because i have a really good memory like i remember being in kindergarten and then i remember like seeing that like, I was just like, whoa, like they took off all their clothes and like his pee pee and her pee pee were like, you know, dancing and shit. And then, um, and, and I like go to school and I'm just like, huh, why don't we all get naked, right? Like, and so I remember being at like recess in kindergarten trying to like convince all the kids to like get naked. I was like, yo, let's all get naked. You, and then you, were, my- like a, you were a cult leader and instigator at a young age. You were trying to indoctrinate people. You're like, I've received these learnings from the holy video. <laughs> the unholy video. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I mean, actually, you know what? Like, I should have put that on my resume when I was applying to Harvard, which I didn't get into. So, bringing us should back be your to application the conversation essay. should have been your application essay. <laughs> yeah, my application essay is like, yo, dude. When I was, I've been rallying people to get naked. Uh, I've been doing this thing where I get a bunch of where I get a bunch of random kids and I get us all be naked together. It's really cool. You should let me into your college. It's like a creative awakening and I would argue speaking of I love how you keep like being like, "Oh, American work culture." Like, Mel, isn't that kind of what you do for a living now? Like emotionally getting naked and then telling people other physically to do so? Yeah, emotionally getting naked is I've never heard it said that way and i'm just like wow that is so true that is that that is really so true um yeah because i feel like even though i like you know i quit google to like do tiktok or whatever i still have that like work ethic narrative ingrained in me and i and i had to like work through that still even after i became a creator right where it was like oh I was so used to like the world of achievement where it's like your life is just about like achieving the next thing and not about actually uh, enjoying it. And then um, when I'd quit to like do fun stuff, I, I caught myself like still making it work and I'd have to like catch myself being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The whole point of me quitting the not fun job to do the fun job was to have fun and now i'm like making it i'm making myself suffer with these like arbitrary achievement goals that only mattered to me and nobody else hmm maybe my ego is causing me to suffer maybe the buddhists are right like eric did you like like what was like tell me more about your thought process of when you were leaving instagram to do carrot i think the hardest thing to your point mel is how do you find meaning in yourself and think that you're worth it without caring too much about what externally other people think of you and the markers of whether they care about you? So like for you, right? And I imagine for you to there's a little bit where it's like you want to do your art, but there's also like, oh shit, are people liking this? Because the number of people who view this and who like this 
to some degree, I have to care about that in order to keep doing what I actually want to do. And my version of that was how many prestigious badges of accomplishment. It's like I'm going around to all the gyms and I'm a Pokemon trainer. It's like, okay, I went to Harvard. Like I worked at Blackstone. Or that was like banking. I did McKinsey. That was consulting. I've done Instagram. That's tech. Like, yeah. And geez. then you go to someone like, like, Che, do you even know what McKinsey is? No. Exactly, dude. Dude, no one cares but us. Like, like, see, I see, that's why we have Che. Because we like Che is good because he's like a normal hot person, right? Who just like went to you know he you know like Che was is like yeah like you know you had friends in school and you went to parties and stuff. It shows now in your demeanor. Like me and Eric were the like we must achieve and then and then, and then we must achieve. I, I know and then we must achieve and then like in adulthood we're like wait should we become hot and normal? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the goal. What's what is McKinsey? What is it? <laughs> so. <laughs> McKinsey is a management consulting firm. What does that mean? It means companies pay McKinsey to come in and tell the company what to do. Except McKinsey has no context what your company is doing. So you're basically paying all these MBAs to tell you things that you probably knew, but they put it in slides and then they tell it to you. You've paid them lots of money. So then you're like, Oh, now this sounds right, and I should do this. Oh, so McKinsey's like one of those like you, I'm gonna fix your company. Like they bring in <laughs> and this guy from McKinsey, and he's gonna like our quarter is gonna be huge, kind of thing. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I comedy shows. I, I lots of times I'll I do I'll be doing crowd work. I'll talk to someone, and they'll be like, "I'm a consultant," and I'm like, "What is that?" And they're like, uh, I don't, I'm like, who do you like, what do you consult people on? Like, they'll be like, oh, I'm in finance. I'm a consultant. I'm like, okay. So like, what should I do with my money? They're like, well, I don't really talk about money. I talk about like, and I'm like, well, what the fuck do you do? I'm like, it just sounds like white collar crime. It sounds like these, what like white collar crime has created, which is just like random bullshit jobs that don't really do anything. So they can keep recycling the money in between these other white collar crime businesses. It's like the stock market. The stock market doesn't add any actual value to society. It's not like you put your money in the stock market and something gets built. It's just money recycling and more money comes out somehow. I've never yeah, met really? a consultant other, who can explain what they do for work other than you, Eric, but I, I have never, or a former consultant, like I've just literally never met like a consultant who can explain what they do for work. And I also dated one when I was a freshman in college. I dated one of the, um, like one of the BCG ones, you know what I'm talking about? I do. <laughs> so yeah, for no, so, 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 Che, there's like three consulting firms that like rule God, the consulting see, world. It's McKinsey, BCG, and Bain. And this is like the lingo of those of us who used to really, really care about this stuff when in reality, like none of it matters. Ugh, no, it's like all these like stupid, like little things that we know, like someone who's like hot and normal, like Che, he doesn't, because he's just like having a good time and like enjoying his life and shit. And we're just over here being like, well, are they going to know the difference between like software and hardware engineer? And like actually data sciences might actually just be as good as software engineering. And are you a level four? Actually, they use E at Facebook. They use E, not L's. Like, uh, anyway, and then Che is just over here being like, I'm hot and normal. So I don't know what the fuck No, no, it's, it's kind of good, right? Out. Because that the only way we destroy late stage capitalism is a mix of those who have been through the inner bowels of it, like you and me, Mel, and then those like Che who can stand outside and be like, what the actual fuck are you doing? Yeah, it doesn't it seem was like amazing. that much fun. Uh, and my whole goal has always been like, aren't we just supposed to be like having fun and like hanging out? Like you make a lot of money, it doesn't mean you're having fun. Or it's like, see, it's see cool. Che, that, that realization literally took me like 
30 years. <laughs> what was there a moment, Eric, that like catapulted you from like, I'm always working. I got to go to Harvard. I got to do all these things until like, yo, maybe I should like, yeah, kiss a girl and uh, have a beer. Cause you tell yourself when you're miserable that what you're working for is going to be worth it. It has to, mm-hmm. because I'm so miserable and everyone's so happy. It's like that meme of the guy standing in the corner. He's like, they don't realize yeah, right? yeah. Like, oh no, my life's going to be better. Yeah. And then here's the trap though, Che, you get to that thing and it's never that good. So then you tell yourself, oh, well, the next thing, that's where it's going to be at. And I mean, I've been through this cycle four, five, six times, right? And I was at Instagram and I was like, oh God, like what's next? The thing that I can convince myself it's okay to be miserable and work toward because it's going to be worth it. I think I'm running out of things, which means I have to just enjoy what i'm doing on a day-to-day basis which that's a thing and sucks. oh yeah. yeah and i don't think i enjoy this on a day-to-day basis which means i have to leave and do what and then that's when i was crying a lot and i did therapy mm, that's so, that so was hot like, you had like the breaking point and we're like okay this this is ass i don't want to do any of this and then you just you you, you threw it away um, that's good though. I think it's good to have that sort of breakthrough moment because, uh, uh, I don't know. We, there's like one of my buddies, we go up to his cottage and we just like do a bunch of mushrooms and like walk around in the woods. And he's very much like, this is what it's about. And it's not a nice cottage either. It's like the toilet doesn't work. Like it, there's, there's, we're sleeping on couches and stuff. Um, but like 10 of us go up there and we're all comics and we just have a real good time. And he's like, these moments where we're all hanging out, literally mm. laughing the hardest in like a four day period I've I laughed ever. Uh, he's like, this is what it's about. This is what it's all about. Yeah. And there's no amount of money. Like if you're doing this on a yacht or on a spaceship or at this little shitty cottage where the toilet doesn't work, it's all the same amount of value and enjoyment. I love that. So I got to ask. You know, Mel and I still have that internal voice, which is like, no, achieve more. Che, what's your internal voice going? Like, what's it sounding? What's it talking about? I mean, like, I'm always working hard and get my stuff done. And I, but I found like a deep level of pleasure in what I like to do. I never really feel like I'm working because I enjoy creating content. I enjoy doing stand up. These are all pieces of my life that I really like. But I guess, like, um, there's definitely like, I feel like I have the same stressors now that I did that when I was broke where it's like, now I'm worried about like ticket sales and like if the videos are doing well, like I still have those same things, but I, my inner monologue is just like, uh, yeah, I guess like make sure you're having a good time while you're doing it. If it, if there's anything that doesn't bring me pleasure, like I'm like fashion is a great example of something that I've never participated in. I wear clothes cause it's like a legal contract that I, uh, uh, have, with, with the state have accepted. <laughs> Yeah, me and yes. the state have this legally binding contract that I need to wear clothes when I leave the house, and I'm like, fine. But like, participating in the deepest levels of fashion doesn't bring me any joy. If I dress nicer, if I wear sweatpants, I feel the same about myself. Um, so I don't participate in that. But things that I do bring me joy, like food, video games, sex, uh, comedy, I make sure that those are like constant staples of my life. It's like you're like a hedonist, you know? Like the Greeks used to argue like, What's the way, it's the meaning behind life. And some people are like, oh, the greatest utility. And others are like, no, virtues. And then a lot of people are just like, yo, like pleasure and orgies. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Diogenes guy. Diogenes. I oh, I love on. Diogenes. Yeah. What's Diogenes? Oh, you take, Greek you philosopher. Take it, Let me give you three of his greatest hits. Uh, number one, he would masturbate openly in public. 
mm-hmm. uh, naked. Number two, when Alexander the Great came to him and said, ah, if I weren't Alexander the Great, I'd love to be Diogenes. Diogenes looked at him and said, yeah, and if I weren't Diogenes, I still want to be Diogenes. Get out of my way, you fucker. And uh, number three, I said, yep. As a giant troll, he walked around carrying a lantern and in broad daylight. People would ask him, why are you carrying a lantern? And he'd carry the lantern and he'd go, I'm looking for an honest man. You know, implied because (laughs) all of you were dishonest fucks and you suck. So yeah, yeah, he was a he was a troll. He was the Greek philosopher troll. And Jay, I kind of love he, that uh, we we share that that vibe. Who was it? Who was the big uh, like guy who was like the big philosopher during his time? Who he he was like at odds with? Oh God, uh, I was it Socrates. I it's like Socrates or Aristotle. Yeah, he was just like feuding with one of them. Yeah, for sure. He was feuding with them, and one of them was like, "Oh, what is a man?" And it was like a a, a featherless yes. bird. A featherless uh, biped, a featherless biped. But those biped, because they didn't really have, they didn't seem like monkeys and stuff like that. They've only seen like, the thing, only thing that walks on two legs is like a, a bird. So they, when is the was, anime villain battle? When is the anime villain remake of Socrates versus Dia Vagina or whatever? I like, you were, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. You were like, Dia, and I was like, Janus. I was like, Jagina, Dia, Jaina, Yeah, okay. So when's the anime battle between these two? Oh, okay, okay. One, he would totally vibe with the nickname you've given him. Two, just to finish Jay's story, Aristotle says a human is a featherless biped. Diogenes walks in, brings a chicken that's been plucked. And he says, behold, a man. Yeah, and like throws this chicken at him as he's like giving, he's like holding court, teaching his lesson. Walks in with like a a bear chicken and chucks it at this dude. The same guy who had who was like on the thought process of we all go to the cottage and have a good time, and that's what life is about. Uh, that's he's the same guy who put me onto Diogenes. Doesn't say just like we have Hamilton, the rap rerun of Hamilton. Yeah. We need the anime remake of Aristotle and Diogenes. And Che, you were saying yeah. the guy who puts you onto this, who you know is like, yo, let's go and do mushrooms in the woods. Yeah, yeah. He that's he's the one who was like, yeah, this type of philosophy. Like Diogenes once was he his only possession was a bowl. He was a homeless man his entire life. His only possession was a bowl. And then he saw a kid drinking uh, from water with his hands. And he was like, I'm so stupid. I don't even need the bowl. None of these things provide all these things that we tack on to life. None of them provide you anything. They don't give you anything. And you go down to like the base essence of survival. Diogenes and Alexander the great both ended up in the same place, which was dead. You'll all be dead and forgotten. And even the ones who are remembered will be perverted in a way that they didn't want to be remembered. So none of the bells and whistles matter. I, I kind of love one, Mel, you've just joined the Diogenes like fan jerk podcast. Like, thank you those for listening. Jay and I may or may not have like 10 other stories about Diogenes we'll insert at not appropriate times. Love but like, it, dude, love <laughs> dude, this actually really vibes because like Diogenes helped pioneer a lot of cynicism and stoicism philosophy, right? And like, both of those have a little bit in common with the concept of like, you should not care too much what people care about because who gives a fuck, which is like the underpinnings of American work society, name drop. Philosophy well, is part of my major at Berkeley, so I understand, yes. Well, actually, Mel, Mel, who's your Diogenes? Who's your guy we're just going to bring into every convo from now on? Um. So my Diogenes is Carl Lowenthal. She is the host of the Unfuck Your Brain podcast. She also went to Harvard. Um, She is also a life philosopher, but she's like alive. Did you mean someone who 
uh, whose philosophy I look up to or somebody who's like dead in the past. Who a- I anyone, can... either. <sighs> I mean, me, bitch. No, just kidding. Um, hmm. To be honest, like my Diogenes is stuff from Avatar The Last Airbender and Steven Universe, just like the principles through those shows of like um, just the concepts of balance and ego loss and like the elimination of suffering right like i think like um so much of what motivates or what motivated us to do like this shit that we hated right go to these like colleges and work these jobs or whatever uh stems from this you know deeper self-worth issue that i think plagues america because america is like oh like love equals achievement self-worth equals productivity right and then um for like for us for 30 years we were both kind of trapped into like i'll let myself be happy once i i'll let myself be happy once i i'll let myself be happy once i and then getting to the conclusion of like oh wait if i can't feel good right now in this present moment i never will but that means i have to like be alone with my own thoughts um and I did that thing where I go on a tangent and I totally forgot the original question. No, I mean your philosopher is cartoons. Yeah, yeah. like um, like uh just like just the principles of Avatar and Steven Universe. It's they're like just the underlying messages of the power of love and compassion. Like that like literally it's just like the power of good and love and compassion and how so much of um our suffering or human suffering, like so many humans make ourselves suffer just by having bad thoughts in our minds and there's this thing that creatives say that i've learned in the like creative la community or whatever is that if you're like an actual creative person then you can't be in la too long because it makes you crazy because there's um and i was like why does it make people crazy and i'm like oh because there's no like if you're creative there's no separation of work and life and what is your work oh shit your work is you and then if you're there and you're working all the time then that means you're thinking about yourself all the time and that's actually really unnatural it's unnatural to think about your existence for a long time no wonder you're feeling crazy we're supposed to like you know do what Chase doing be hot and eat and fucking party and not think about our existence too much man just vibe like i'm a big believer of perspective and it's like that's the thing with the fashion thing like i'm like fashion is all perspective based like someone puts on a suit and they're like of a higher class it's like that doesn't mean they're smarter or healthier like there's that anything has been added to the person uh and your perspective on your situation kind of bases your reality like there was this guy during world war ii i think jim jeffries interviewed him he was stuck in the subway tunnels during uh the bombings of england in world war ii and by all means this would be the worst place to be during the war one of the worst places to be um but all that happened was that they were having orgies down there and fucking and having a good time And he said it was like one of the greatest and best times of his life so even when like the everything around you is bad you personally can be in a situation where things are amazing regardless of how much work you put into other pieces of your life question for you eric go for it do you think that elon and zuck are secretly fucking each other I could see it, right? Because think about it. Well, what's what's the opposite of love? It's it's not hate. They're both in the same vein. It's actually apathy. So 
the intense dislike they have between them. You know, enemies to lovers is a favorite trope of mine anyways, so. Mm-hmm. I, That's good. A couple of weeks ago, I went through, like, a weird, like, writing-only fan fiction about that specifically phase and that I was like I was like posting it on threads where I was just like I feel like Elon is being like elongate me and Zuck is being like Zucky Zucky Wucky Wucky I don't know like they're just like I just feel like they want to kiss on the lips so bad and I'm just like okay like you know I mean you used to work for one of those companies like am I valid in that opinion you know there's a funny saying that Alan Greenspan once said, anybody who wants to run for president is hereby disqualified. And what he was referring to, I think, is a similar impulse that drives Zuck and Elon. There's almost like when you want to build something or lead other people, sure, there might be this altruistic element, but there's also just this like power-hungry, egotistical narcissism piece where it's just like, I need to have made this or to lead other people to feel good in myself. And so... When you look at the recent like MMA bout that almost happened between Elon and Zuck, is that not the ultimate gratification of, I'm not only smart and a tech titan, I can beat the shit out of you. And I can beat the shit not out of only a normal person, but out of those that some might consider to be my peers. It's funny how like, regardless of how you feel about Elon and Zuck, they've both made really big changes in society and history that we'll look back on that change people's lives. And it's funny to think mm-hmm. that part of it might have been driven just by ego. Oh, yeah. I think 100%. most of it is. That the ego backing, and I do like that everything kind of breaks down to can I kick your ass. That is like, that's why I love MMA is my favorite sport to watch because it's like the first sport. And if something goes wrong, like if, if people are playing basketball and things get out of hand and they get angry, what happens? They start fighting. Like if mm-hmm. someone beats your ass in a fight, they don't go like, yo, let's take this to the cricket pitch and see who's a real man. Like it's like fighting is the baseline. And apparently it's still going to cook. Uh, I think um, Musk, but here's the thing. Musk is never anything Musk says he's going to do that's going to be great. He never pulls through on he he's good at raising stock prices or like raising the value of a dogecoin or something like that but no one's on mars we ain't got no uh, neural link the hyperloop never happened we got no uh, uh the self-driving cars aren't self-driving like he they he, everything he's like we're gonna do this 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 he, so i don't think the fight's gonna happen just because he doesn't pull through on the cool shit he says he's gonna do um, but if this does happen, apparently they're going to stream it because uh, Zuck tweeted or not Zuck uh, Musk tweeted something about like, oh, we're going to stream this live on Twitter. And then Zuck commented on it being like, we should uh, stream this on an actual like uh, on a good website that is like actually. Dude, I saw that. Profit. I thought that was, yeah, I was like, so Yo! funny. Shots fired, dude. I love that. I love that. I was like, yo, Zuck? Zuck's got this whole new thing going on. He's doing jujitsu now. He's like in shape. He's like hot. He's like, dude, he's like being funny and ripping, like taking, like, I'm like, who's this new Zuck? It's like maybe he like hit the next stage of lizard metamorphosis and he has like new abilities. I love he put in an octagon in his backyard and his wife was like, yo, I spent years working on that grass. And he was like, okay, Instagram followers, what do you think? As somebody who actually worked at Instagram, right? Because we have kind of the inside scoop. Like, I mean, I have the Google scoop and you have the Instagram scoop. What were some of the most cringe things that you observed in your time working there, in your personal opinion? I left Instagram because... My last manager 
cared more about looking good than the people she was supposed to support. And I specifically focused on her because this is going to sound crazy. Most of the people on Instagram and Facebook I actually liked working with. Now, the people I worked with in consulting and investment banking, oh, I have so many stories there. So bad. So terrible. Weirdly, actually, Facebook has pretty good vibes until I had my last manager, which is why I quit. Damn. Okay, well, you, we got to spill the tea. What did she do? Like, what was it? Give us an example of why she was a hot piece of garbage. <laughs> so, the very first week she came in, she joined meetings that I was running and she'd interrupt me, which is fine, but I'd have to interrupt back because I'm running the meeting. And she like big dick me in front of the whole team. She'd be like, Did you just interrupt your boss? Like, to try and do like power plays in front of the people I work with. I remember one project my team was working on was canceled and she didn't tell us. So like my designer skipped Chinese new year to like try and put an extra, she didn't like go see her family to try and put together this thing to like ship out in time. And she already knew it had been killed and she never actually told us. I found out from her counterpart at Facebook that the stuff we were working on had already been reorged and killed off. And when I went to her and be like, what the fuck? Her first reaction was like, who told you? It wasn't like, oh, I'm sorry, or like, yeah, this sucked, or hmm, I should have told you. It was like, who leaked this to you? And I was like, well, literally like a director at Facebook, because this is not something that should be kept secret, right? Or when I told her, I literally took a month off of my own PTO because I was so afraid of using mental health sabbatical, of being judged. I just took vacation and I Dude, that's such an American work culture thing. Yeah, I was like, people are going to think I suck and I felt scared and I felt ashamed. So I did a month of therapy at an out at a hospital, El Camino hospital, the outpatient program. I was there for like five hours a day, just literally doing therapy and unfucking my brain. I told her over the phone, I didn't want to come back and I was going to quit Instagram. And she was just like, you're making a mistake. All your managers and people you've worked with who invested time into you, you're going to burn those bridges and get this, the kicker, by the way, I'm like 28 fucking years old. She's like, what would your parents say? What do they think? Get the fuck out! What? Yo, this lady is hot garbage. Hot you know, I didn't garbage. even remember that story. I didn't lead with it because I literally repressed the memory of that until this very moment because it was so egregious. Oh my God. I'm literally in fucking, like, at the goddamn hospital. And I'm telling her, I don't, and I didn't give her full context around my mental health stuff because I didn't trust her. But I told her, like, I want to quit. And she's like, oh, Trying to play the guilt card against my actual also, friends at this the company is and my business, parents. Doc. It's business. We're not getting personal here. Not what would your parents think? It's like, bro, like, no, 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 no. I'm quitting. That means I'm fucking off. That means you go, okay, you want to quit? Like, how you want to do this? You want to quit right away? You want to give two weeks? Like, that's how we operate this. There's no, we don't start doing mind games. Yeah. That is like, wild. I'm not and like, I think, I'm not a kid. Yeah, that, that is wild. And I think that is. <clears throat> excuse me um actually really representative of how like people can be really evil in a corporate setting when they have power over you and they have like personal bad intentions but they like can't do it because it's like the corporate professional setting so they do it in this other like longer exacted way which is um you know because similar to you i actually like in tech i liked most of the people I worked with actually um except for you know but just like those few uh, I think it just kind of boils down to like who's nice to you and who's mean to you 
right? And that a lot of time that has to do with like who's insecure versus confident or like, yeah, I think that's like another thing with American work culture of how like people will will manipulate the situation as an excuse to just be mean and fulfill their own, like, I want to be mean to this person's goals, but, like, under the guise of, like, oh, but it's, like, for work, it's for, like, da-da-da. But, um, different question. Uh, did you ever witness anybody fucking at the Instagram office in, like, the nap pods or anything there? I know you fucked your coworker in a nap pod, Mel. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that's why I was asking. I mean, I was just like, oh, like, I have so I, much, like, I have I'm so sure much Mel lore. I like know every time you ask a question, what's going through your head. <laughs> so Dan, I mean, well, I, so I know. Well, answer the question then. I mean, did you? Like, no, I mean, like, no, I know I no. did, but it's not about me. It's about you. So I did, did not. You ever, you, however, you never jerked I, off in a bathroom? You never jerked no. off in one of the bathrooms when you were feeling sad? Is this coming from a personal place, Mel? Where you <laughs> well, I just like, I don't know. I just thought it was, I mean, like, I don't know. You, you know the blind app, right? Like, it's kind of, it's, it's common to jerk off in the work bathroom. So, so right? I, I like, did not, I did, I did date a coworker though. And there were a lot of product managers who were dating each other that I like didn't know about, but everyone just keep low key. So like definitely people I think met through work. I never saw anyone doing it. People were careful. I mean, people yeah. are people everywhere in every context are secretly fucking. Like that's just kind of true. In general, this everyone is, is just like secretly, secretly fucking. Like so, my cringe for the week would be, um, would be people who are too afraid to fuck their coworkers in the nap pods. You know, like like you should just do it that's what they're there for and they're a company and if you died the next day they wouldn't give a shit so you should just fuck your coworkers in the in the in the nap pods that's that's where i'm going with this so my cringe for the week is people who don't have the bravery to do that i'm a big supporter of that of like you got to take the opportunity to fuck people like and just kind of like like uh uh like the ariana grande thing that happened uh, so I got like an inside scoop on that. So like the dude, it, not the best scenario, but he cheated on his wife with Ariana Grande. They were on the on the set for Wicked the movie together. Uh, they have kids, like bad move. But damn, when are you ever gonna get the chance to fuck Ariana Grande, dude? Like sometimes you just gotta take take what comes along. A, a chance to shoot with the big dogs, and apparently this was like his high school sweetheart and everything. I met people who knew him and gave me the whole like backstory on who this guy was. So like, don't cheat on your wife, but fuck Ariana Grande. Like it's two things that are colliding with each other. I don't know what my ick is though. (laughs) 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 She's like, I just really want to share this story. Dude. Yeah. There's cringe (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) There's cringe. There's cringe in there somewhere. I guess, uh, yeah, I guess it's cringe to cheat on your wife, but it's also cringe to not fuck Ariana Grande, man. So it's like, <laughs> dude, it's the duality uh, of life, a, the nuance, the duality, dog, the duality. And like, if they got divorced in like three or four years, just like naturally from like the relationship fading, he would look back on that all the time and being like, I never fucked Ariana Grande. <laughs> Ariana Grande. Like, it's the, like, the regret. Oh. Okay. So, so, so one, I'm not going to top your inside scoop that this man cheated on his high school sweetheart with Ariana Grande. 
Um, I'm just gonna, you know what? I guess my ick is people who shame other people for being open about sex and fucking, you know, just to continue mm. on this theme, right? Coming from a culture of Asian repression, right? Where I have female friends who get in trouble if they like show their fucking belly button and stuff. It's like, yo, like calm down. Like we're human beings. We we come into existence through fucking and let's just be chill about it, you know? So I'm gonna yeah, go people who don't like me shaming. specifically are cringe. Yeah. No, I like where you're going yeah. with this, where you're like, yeah, people who don't like us are cringe. Yeah, yeah. No, no, the thing is, like, it's always good to have a common enemy, even if the enemy is arbitrary and just like a concept, because it, it, like, it binds people together. So, so yeah, no, no, you know I what? Like, yeah. I love kind of how you transformed my statement. I was like, yeah, people who like sex shame are cringe. And you're like, well, I talk a lot about sex. So people who shame me are therefore cringe as well. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it tracks. It tracks. Mm -hmm. Transitive property, bro. Okay, well, that's the podcast. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, transitive property. It was so nice having you come through, man. Great talk, great discussion, a great guest. Uh, yeah, uh, let the people know where they can find you, all your socials, all those things like that, uh, and anything you'd like to plug. Thank you. Yeah, so, this is the part where you did this hardcore marketing, bro. Just market the shit. I, I will, all suffering well, must be that, capitalized say, on. <laughs> this this was pretty fucking fun. So, Mel, I'm going to see you in like in a week because we're going to get dinner or some shit. Shay, whenever you know, let me know. There's so much more we can talk about Diogenes and the philosophers. We can jerk off without even Mel being there and, you know, inserting her ear holes with our Diogenes talk. So I'm, I'm excited about that. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. My handle's Eric Tway. It's E-R-I-C-T-W-A-Y. It's W-A-Y, not W-E-I, because I've Americanized my name and submitted to the pressures of this American society we live in. But yeah, it's Eric Tway. So, and then the, the company that I help run, Carrot, where we help creators with their finances, it's at TryCarrot on Instagram. That's T-R-Y-K-A-R-A-T. So that's where you can find me, Eric T. Way and at TryCarrot. Plug is sufficiently and, complete. Thank you. And I am a Beautiful. Carrot card holder, so I can vouch for the goodness of Carrot because I'm like, I'm like, oh, money, that's confusing. Can Eric's friends do it for me? Yeah, and they are doing it for me. Thank you. Che, Mel, this was such a fucking good time. I got to confess, this is my first instance coming together as a group, and I'm excited to hopefully come again with both of you in the future. Are you still talking about the podcast? (laughs) No, why? Were you? Uh, no, I just didn't know what you were talking about. But yeah, thank you so much for coming and also for being on the podcast. Seriously. We appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll thank you. <laughs> next time. See you next time. Beautiful. Bye. All right. That was a good one with Eric, man. I learned a lot. I mean, I learned a lot about Eric. And I never met him before, but that we're both vibing on the Diogenes stuff. I like that. I like. Yeah, that. no, that was fun. Like you guys were like there. going. You you guys were like vibing there, and then they were like, yeah, they're having. And I just kept thinking like Diogena, Diogena, and like the entire time you guys were talking because sometimes I black out when men are speaking for too long. I'm just sort of like, oh, like how can I introduce vagina into this? But um, if you would like to find me on my socials is Sailor Mel 69420 on all platforms. Before, it was Sailor Mel 369420. I know I said that in previous episodes. The three, it, it doesn't matter. If you, find, if, you, if you just look up Sailor Mel, you'll find it. But now it's Sailor Mel 69420 on all platforms because, like, it's just dumb. I think in a future episode, I'll talk about, like, the Instagram thread that I had of, like, removing the three. It doesn't matter. Che, what are your plugins that you want to do today? 
You can get me on all platforms at Chaterena, all tour dates at Chaterena.com, and you can get more of the podcast at Thank You Come Again Pod on Instagram. You can also find us at Thank You Come Again on all major podcast platforms like Spotify, uh, Apple Music. Um, actually, it's Apple Podcasts, not Apple Music. You guys know where to find it. Uh, also, for the Instagram guys, make sure you guys are getting in those comments because we're going to be start to we're going to start to pull questions for them comments so we can communicate with you guys have a nice uh, uh, a friendship with all our viewers yeah and if you don't know which podcast app you're on we actually fix that for you with a bitly link so if you go to my bio on instagram or on tiktok it's like bit.ly slash thank you come again pod and if you click that link it'll automatically surface on your phone whatever podcast app is best for you like we just we just did the hard work for you so you just have to click the link okay click the link and rate us and finger us i mean uh press the button what did i i I don't know just do just do the thing press the good buttons press the good buttons and thank you come again thank you come again yes